It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Locked On Wizards, preparing for the Wizards' final game of the NBA restart, taking on the Boston Celtics. And then Amy Rothenberger, host of Locked On Capitals, is back to talk about the NHL and their magnificent, incredibly intense way that they've returned to provide fans with all the excitement they could ever want. All that and more right here on Locked On Wizards. Hi, welcome to another edition of Locked on Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington. And today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com, an amazing selection with reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need. And the Wizards are finishing up their final game of the NBA restart early Thursday with a 12 p.m. Eastern time tip-off. Very early game for them in their final game of the restart, taking on the Boston Celtics, number three team in the East right now. And for the Wizards... They are still winless, still looking to find that first victory, but there's a lot of optimism around the team right now. They have been speaking about their approach. Ish Smith mentioned in our show on Wednesday how the team is really just very optimistic, understanding the glasses, not half empty but half full, and realizing the long-term benefits of what this team is going to have, having had this chance to really learn and take their lumps. And looking at the team across the board, we're seeing that. We're seeing moments where players are stepping up. We're seeing how they're impacting the game and figuring out their identities and roles and finding ways to really show that they deserve to be a part of this Wizards team moving forward. Of course, the big hot word has been opportunity. We've been discussing how will the Wizards take this chance where they are completely overlooked in the underdogs in that sense to make sure that they're coming into each game, each practice, each day in some way, progressing and getting better. And we've seen that. We've seen Rui Hachimura, who's really been stepping up offensively. Jerome Robinson, another one who has been coming off the bench a lot, but will most likely start versus the Celtics on Thursday in their final game in just a few moments as they tip off. Troy Brown Jr., another one who has really been doing a great job just being well-balanced, seeing the floor, making great passes, running the offense, knocking down shots, getting rebounds, just doing all the little things to help impact the team. And he actually spoke after practice on Wednesday about his growth and about how much he really feels as though he's turned a corner and learned a lot and can hopefully help be a part of this team's success moving forward as they do have players like John Wall, Bradley Beal, and DB return. And this is what he had to say post-practice. I would say the same thing I kind of said last year, just the three-point shooting and my lateral quickness. Um, both of those have definitely gotten better, but at the end of the day, I want to be an elite defender and, you know, playing with guys like John and Brad and being able to knock down shots will definitely spread the floor. So I definitely want to be able to get to that next year and be a knockdown shooter. And for Troy Brown Jr., he has been taking on a lot of a bigger role in this restart. He had four more assists in five of the seven games. We've seen him notch a few double-doubles. 
and we've seen him just help be a general on both ends of the floor, taking responsibility for the energy the team comes out with, talking, and, and getting them going right away. Thomas Bryant has also been a big presence in the front court. He's had three double-doubles, and he also had a 30-point game in their loss against the Nets. Thomas Bryant is someone that has had a number of injuries throughout the regular season, of course came down late to the restart, having had tested positive for COVID-19. But he came back, he, sh- he said and showed how he was excited to get back, to, sh- to be a go, to be 100%, and to help be a part of this team's journey in the restart. And he's done that and exceeded that with just really improving his game on both ends of the floor, ex- including even on the defensive end, which is an area he struggled with and continues to struggle with, but we're at least seeing him make that progress. As I mentioned about Rui, I mean, he's had three 20-point games, a career-high six assists in their loss against the Pacers. And although he had some games that he scored less than double digits in eight or nine points, as we discussed yesterday, he's only a rookie, and there's a lot of growth and potential for him moving forward in his career. You know, you look at Ish Smith, Shabazz Napier, um, I mentioned Jerome Robinson. There are a lot of players on this team right now that have shown that they are someone deserving of being part of this team's growth and progress moving forward. They can be a player to help impact this team. And now as you add those big three back, it should be a whole different team. And honestly, it's exciting to see the way that things are changing for the Wizards. Right now it's not showing in results, but if you're paying attention to how they're playing, if you're paying attention to how they looked in their first scrimmage versus the Nuggets to now, you see the growth. You see that, yes, there are still moments they can do things better, but overall – They have been slowly progressing, learning, and getting better. Now, head coach Scott Brooks said he had a great quote about how they're still going to compete and how, quote, we're still going to battle. We're going to finish strong. We'd love to get a win. These guys deserve it. We've worked hard for 40 days. We haven't been rewarded with wins. But we have been rewarded with a lot of great experiences, not only on the basketball court, a lot of individual, a lot of team growth. Off the court, we've had good, a good time of really getting to know one another and getting to bond with one another and learn about each other during some tough times in the world right now. We've had some great conversations, but we still want to get something accomplished. Of course, that's something definitely being a win. The Celtics are most likely not going to play a lot of their main players. Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, you know, some of the players that have been getting the most minutes so far in the restart and, and they're starters and better players probably will not play in fact I expect the Celtics to have their reserves get bigger minutes you know Brad Wanamaker Romeo Langford those types of players so we'll see what happens in the Wizards final game of the restart and all we can do right now is continue to watch as they progress moving forward and how they continue to develop in the offseason you know that that's a big question what do you take from these games, this experience as a whole, to really learn from it and move forward and be better from it. So I'm excited to see what exactly takes place in this final game of the NBA restart as the, as the Celtics and Wizards face off 12 p.m. Eastern time. And more excited than ever to see how the Wizards take on this challenge in the postseason to really figure out a way to turn that corner. So this is only the beginning, in my opinion, for what's to come for the Wizards. So coming up for Locked on Wizards, we've got to bring back Amy Rothenberger. 
We're talking Capitals. The Capitals did drop game one to the Islanders. The Islanders scored four unanswered goals to defeat them 4-2. to two. Series is far from over. The Caps have another chance just around the corner Friday as they take on the Islanders in game two. And so Amy Rothenberg is going to be back on the show with us to discuss exactly her thoughts on the NHL's return. And it's been a great one at that. On the NHL's return and the whole format that we've seen so far. So coming up right here on Locked on Wizards, it's another crossover with Amy Rothenberger of Locked on Caps. Who says car repairs have to be expensive for quality? Well, for over 20 years, rockauto.com has been the place to get everything done, from brake parts to tail lamps to even new carpets. And regardless if you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer, it's easy, convenient, and best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. It's a family business that puts your family first. We're still in the midst of a pandemic dealing with COVID-19, everyone. So why spend twice as much for the same parts when you can save money for you and your family? Shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers for countless makes and models. And one of the best parts about it, whether you're on your phone or your computer, you have quick service right at your fingertips. So go head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we at Locked On Wizards sent you. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Amy Rothenberger, host of Locked On Capitals, back on the show. We had her on Wednesday. Amy, welcome back. Unfortunately, a tough loss for the Caps in game one as they were up 2-0 and ended up dropping the game 4-2. to But there's a lot more hockey to be played, so we won't focus on that game. Let's talk about the NHL as a whole, specifically the format that we've seen the league return in and the fact that they were able to find a way to safe, not only safely return, but to return in such a fashion that it's just been exciting, whether it's the round-robin games or the, you know, the play-in series. Every aspect of hockey's return in the double bubble in Edmonton and Toronto has been incredible. And I'm interested to know your initial thoughts on what you see from the way that the NHL has returned. Well, thank you, Renee. I'm glad to be back. And I wanted to start with sort of, you mentioned the double bubbles. Um, I think that it's great that both of those bubbles are in Canada, and I don't mean to get too political, but I think Canada is probably the safest place to have a bubble right now. Never mind you. (laughs) So, and and I'll leave it at that. Um, So we've got a a bubble in the East and a bubble in the West, and that's kind of just the way that hockey is set up. You know, the NBA can kind of have all their people in one place, and it doesn't really matter, but the NHL is so spread out and there's so many more, like each team is allowed to bring 52 people as representatives for their team. So that's players, staff, 
media, trainers, everybody. And I'm not sure what the number is for the NBA, but I think they just needed a lot more real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, a lot more, like, you can play basketball anywhere, right? I mean, yeah, you yeah. can't have games anywhere, but you can practice and, and do whatever anywhere. You can do it outside. You can do it, you know, whatever gets set up inside that NBA bubble is kind of portable to an extent, not so much with ice. No. So you've got to find facilities that not only have the ice to play the games on, but the ice that you can practice on. And each of these facilities have their own practice rinks, either one or two of them inside the bubble. In addition to the ice they use for the games every day. And, you know, they have the hotels. At least I know, I know more about the Toronto one mainly because the caps are an East Eastern division team. And so I've kind of read up a little bit more. And so the hotels are situated pretty close one is right next to like literally connected to the arena but the two hotels actually have a tunnel that connects them underground like underneath the arena right and so (laughs) yeah so they don't really have to worry about walking outside in the bubble if they really don't want to although a lot of them have been there's um i think it's the colorado avalanche that have a suite because each team gets their own little like lounge area where they can get together and play cards or ping pong or these are things that have been happening. They've been playing poker, they've been playing ping pong, they've been playing cornhole, they've been playing Settlers of Catan. The Carolina Hurricanes are playing Settlers of Catan, which is really (laughs) geeky and I love it. But yeah, they each have these lounges that are just there set aside in the hotel. The Avalanche's lounge actually opens out onto a deck so they all go out there and tan every day. And because it's right across the street from the arena, they can watch the games on the big screen that's outside the arena while they're on their sun deck. Oh, you know, that's 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 pretty nice, right? Who who doesn't love that? Just being able to lounge and take in the can beauty you of the day. Imagine, right? Watch some hockey and then catch some, some sun. <laughs> Jeez. Well, you made a great point in in what you said at first and just the differences between the bubbles, you know, for the NBA and even the WNBA, when you have for basketball, you know, if one team is playing, they can just wipe down the bench. They they step off, the next team's come on, you know. In terms of hockey, you can't have games so back to back. You need to have time, you know, to to clear the ice and to, you know, really sw- make that switch. And so to have everybody in one bubble would not have been practical at all. And I think it's a bigger discussion that we're having here around sports as a whole, as they've tried to figure out how to return is just understanding the needs of the team for hockey to have up to, you know, 50, 50, 52 people that are there that allows them to now have coaches, trainers. I know within the NBA teams had to actually cut back and they didn't bring all their coaches. They didn't bring all their staff, you know, and that's something that, you know, long-term when you're looking at the fact that they're playing so many games in such a short amount of time and you want to make sure that you're preparing the team as best as possible, it's great to have those resources like all of your trainers and coaches and and staff members. So I do think that the way that hockey did it was really to to hockey's needs versus just, okay, the NBA is doing this and the WNBA is doing this. Let's just copy what they're doing. No, they made it work for them in a way that, that makes sense for hockey. Two bubbles doesn't really make sense for the NBA if they're not bringing every team back or for the WNBA, which doesn't have as many teams. So I I think to your first point, it's just 
very, um, very eye-opening and I applaud them for being so thorough in realizing the needs of the NHL. And it even starts with the fact that they're in Canada, as you mentioned. It doesn't make sense to have them bubble. In fact, I don't even know why they would bubble in the United States. You know, if you're looking at the amount of teams, the amount of people, you have two bubbles, Edmonton and Toronto absolutely make most sense. Where else does it really make sense in the United States specifically? And of course, they the looked, they actually looked, a lot better. In they Canada. looked at Vegas for the Western bubble for right, a long but, time just because of the hotel space and everything else. And then the Vegas numbers just started getting insane and they, they nixed that. They also, I also have to commend them for really involving the NHLPA mm-hmm. in a lot of the decision-making and a lot of, all right, well, here's what we're proposing and letting the PA contribute to, okay, well, this is what we need. What are you going to give us? And, and also managing to, um, to extend their collective bargaining agreement in the midst of all of this. <laughs> That's unheard of. Like we as NHL fans were kind of counting down the seasons before all this COVID stuff happened. Like we thought it was maybe going to be another year or two until we saw a lockout. Right. Well, now it's going to be at least five because during all of this, they said, all right, well, here's the collective bargaining agreement. Do we want to do anything with it? Do we want to keep it the way it is? Okay, great. Moving on. And like I said, that's, that's unheard of. Yes, that is, that is incredible. I mean, the NHL has been getting it right. They had the 2020 draft lottery. They have playoffs starting. You know, it's, it's been a lot of excite, excitement around the league because of just the way they've been able to return back and, and, get, and pick right back up. And, um, you know, even looking at the games leading up to the start of playoffs, which I know we t- touched on that briefly on Tuesday, that in itself actually caught a lot of people's attention. What are your thoughts on the format of, you know, the, the games leading up to playoffs that you saw the NHL put together? Here's what I really liked. I really, really like the best of five play-in series. Right? I like, will take a best of five series any day of the week and twice on Sunday. <laughs> I say that, and it's very similar to what I said about game sevens before. I say that not having had a horse in any of those races. Mm. I loved it as a spectator. And I could have done without the round robin stuff, mainly because... I don't think any of those teams took a, took those games seriously. I really don't. The only team that, yeah. that, especially from the East, I didn't pay so much attention to the West because, you know, look at where I am. Right. But the only team in the East that was really exciting to watch was really the only team that had something to play for, and that was Philadelphia. And they went good on them. They went from fourth seed to first mm-hmm. in that round-robin tournament because they had something to play for. Yeah, I, I, I love the best of five series. You know, I love I just like also giving teams an opportunity to to make moves to clinch a spot in the playoffs. You know, I think that's something I'll tell you that what, there's a few teams in there right now that wouldn't have been there had right, been any other right. year. And you just give them a chance. Montreal is one of them. Chicago is one of them. Uh, let's see who else. The Coyotes are probably one of them. Mm-hmm. But the best thing about that is. It allows teams and, and players to be able to prove it on the ice. You know, it's the same thing we're seeing exactly. across, like, 
in, in the NBA, they had the play-in series and the seeding games as well. So coming up, we continue to get into the NHL and Amy Rothenberger's thoughts on the return of the league here on Locked On Wizards. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Amy Rothenberger, host of Locked On Capitals, back again on Locked On Wizards for our Locked On crossover. Can you say locked on any more times in that sentence? We have had the chance to talk on Wednesday about the Caps Islanders, the NHL, the incredible Lightning Blue Jackets, five overtime game. And now we're talking through how the NHL has returned. And it has been special. It's been fun to watch. Right? And Amy, let's get back into it. For these sports that are returning back and not doing a full season again, but coming back with the intent of just getting back into playoffs, those games before that, having a best-of-five series in the NHL, first of all, for fans, it's more hockey to watch, so who's complaining there? But also, right. it forces teams to now have to come back ready, have to win, and it's like a put-up-or-shut-up moment. Like, here you have your chance to prove that you belong in the playoffs. Had they just said, okay, top teams are in, as of the deadline of, you know, when we, when we paused, if you're not in, so be it. Congrats on a great season, but you're done. It would have definitely been left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. But now that you had the chance to see teams fight, literally fight for their spot, it's that like gauntlet of this is it. You, you think you deserve to be in the, in the postseason? Show it on the ice. And also just the round robins, I, I agree that's tough. But I think the round robins, hopefully long term, will just show that they were some benefit to allow players to get a little rhythm down and, you know, mm-hmm. get some get some minutes in and to prepare for the playoffs. But for the playing best of five series, it is it is tremendous. It was tremendously done. It was it was everything. It well, was everything. And I think I think this is also very unique in that every team is coming into this bubble, whether it's the one in the east or the one in the west, having had the same amount of time off. Mm-hmm having had the same amount of time to have injured players recover, having had the same amount of time to train or not, depending on who you are. <laughs> um, and it's really probably the most level playoff playing field that there has been in quite some time, mainly because when you're looking at an 82-game season and you know that's over with, you've always got your team that, has won the president's trophy and is at the top of the NHL. And usually they've been there for three or four weeks before the end of the season. And the last few games that they play don't really mean anything. And so you're not really sure how they're going to handle those games. And then you've got the teams that are playing for their lives and trying Mm -hmm. to get into the playoffs and have just like exhausted themselves just getting there and then having to start, you know, around one best of seven series like and and everything in between so right 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 now this is a really level playing field 
And it's not only a level playing field, but it's a more open one. There's There were eight more teams. Exactly. I, and that's what it's all about. You know, it's, it gives, it takes the sport back to what matters most, the competition side. You know, everybody's playing, everyone's getting a chance, whether you are already in or you're fighting to get in, you get a chance to, to get out, get on the ice. And for those that are fighting to get in, really have a chance to control your own destiny in that sense. You put in the work, it'll show. You didn't, it'll also show. So it really allows you to have that chance. But I'm curious to know, actually, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Okay. Um, who do you have meeting in the finals? Oh, what do I <laughs> want or what do I think? Because those are two different things. <sighs> Um, what do you, who do you think right now looks the best to finish in the finals? Well, this is a pretty popular opinion right now, but I have to agree with it. And it's Philadelphia and Colorado. Mm, Okay. But who you want is different. I can tell it's the caps. and Well, I would love for the caps (laughs) and whoever else. I mean, if we really want an easy out, although I doubt they'll make it that far, it would be Vancouver. But... (laughs) What would be what would be interesting, actually, and what would be a lot of fun is a Cavs Avalanche series because then we'd be playing against Grubauer and mm-hmm. Burkowski and all of their really good teammates. That would any anybody the Cavs would meet would be great, you know. At that yeah. point, get back to the finals, win it again, let DC and the, and the thing about it is is. You know, after what we saw, even in the plans, right, with Montreal defeating Philadelphia and the Blackhawks defeating Connor McDavid and Edmonton, I call I call Edmonton the Connor McDrysidles because really <laughs> that's what most of their team is. But oh my goodness! Um, but yeah, those types of upsets, those twelve seeds beating those five seeds. Nobody would have predicted that. Nobody did predict that. No, no. And that's and, what's incredible about it. And that's what's great. Well, first of all, that's what's great about the NHL playoffs, period. But especially in this year, under these circumstances, really anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could not agree more. That is something that is one of the most exciting parts about the playoffs. It's not as – there's no easy – series it's not like you can just say oh you know they'll, they'll they'll definitely sweep them it happens sweeps you know teams do get swept don't get me wrong but it is rarely that simple to just say it's going to be a cakewalk to the next series every single matchup is usually a battle you know and so it's exciting to see that they well, have been now, able to return now that Montreal way. is 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 matched up against Philadelphia everybody's saying oh Philly will sweep them don't bet on it Literally, don't yeah. bet on it. Do not. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see what happens with your predictions for the finals and whether or not um, you are correct. Of course, it is still early or mid-August now. Actually, time is flying, but we'll see. We'll see what happens and who f- ends up in the finals and who ends up winning it all. So the excitement is finally here. I, I know for hockey fans, it's you know this is the moment we've been waiting for. This has been nothing but you know, from the start of, of the restart to now it has not disappointed. And I'm sure that the playoffs will not disappoint as well. So I thank you, Amy, for taking time to join us. And hopefully we'll be having a different conversation around, you know, the caps won again. 
how you know tell me about the championship tell me about <laughs> we'll, yeah, be talking we'll get back together team. again in october yeah let's let's re- let's meet again after the caps win it all and have this conversation again just so you can fill me in on what's been going on with the capitals so you know we'll we'll plan for that I'd be, i would be happy to <laughs> That would be great. That would be, I'll, I'll book it in our schedules now, but (laughs) tell people again where they can keep up with all the work that you're doing as you're hosting locked on capitals and co-hosting pucker up. So you can follow the podcast on Twitter at locked on caps. You can follow me on Twitter at Amy Rothenberger. You can send us an email at locked on caps at gmail.com. You can like and follow our Facebook page at Locked On Capitals. And my other podcast, the Pucker Up podcast that I do with my friend and fellow season ticket holder, Julie, where I yell and scream and use naughty words and talk about the whole NHL and not just the Capitals, is uh, you can reach us at Pucker Up Podcast on Twitter and at PuckerUpPodcast.com is our website. Very nice. Very nice. Well, thank you so much, Amy. For those of you that are listening, remember it's Rothenberger, not Rothless, <laughs> Rothelsberg. <laughs> not Big Ben we're talking to. It's Big Amy, the one I'm and only. Absolutely no relation. <laughs> the woman behind Locked on Capitals. Much bigger name than Ben, so don't mess this up. Um, what but a Amy, wonderful I- <laughs> compliment. Thank you. <laughs> Of course. Thank you so much for joining me here on Locked on Wizards. It's been a pleasure and let's see what happens. Let's go Capitals. Let's see what happens in the, in the playoffs. And uh, thank you again. I appreciate you joining me. Thank you, Renee. Let's go Caps. So thank you all for tuning in to another edition of Locked on Wizards. Our DC sports have got to get back in the win column. We've got the Mystics taking on the Sparks later on Thursday evening. The Wizards, of course, taking on the Celtics in their final game of the NBA restart. Of course, the Nationals take on the Mets Thursday afternoon as well. Can't forget them either. The Caps, Game 2 versus the Islanders Friday night. Time to get back in the win column. We are the district of champs here, and it's time to get back to it. Well, thank you all for tuning in. As always, hit that subscribe button. We've got a lot to talk about in our final edition of the week, getting into should the Wizards tank? To tank or not to tank? That is the question. And we'll talk about that and more in our Friday edition. So hit that subscribe button to catch our daily content and keep up with what we've got going on here on Locked on Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Watch all of our D.C. sports today, starting with the Wizards at 12 p.m., the Nationals at 1.10 p.m., the Mystics at 7 p.m., as we hopefully get some wins today, guys. Win, 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 win. That's all we want. Have a great one, guys, and I'll see you next time. Washington out. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.